Okay, sit down, sit down, sit down. All right. You know what a legend is? A legend is somebody who's old. That's all it is. If you've lived long enough, you will become a legend, a legend. Uh, thank you, President Hagen, for having me. Uh, Karen, uh, those, they're, they're two of our, and I'm, when I say this, they are my, our best friends. They are definitely our best. We've known them for years, and uh, um, what you see is what you get in, 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 the, in these leaders. Um, how many of you know that if, <laughs> if somebody knows you, I mean really knows you, knows you, and still chooses to love you, let me try that again. Some of you just went, because you've never experienced it. But anyway, that's another thing. No, no, that's okay. No, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You'll, God will work that out in you. But how many of you know, if you, somebody really knows you and still chooses to love you, you are blessed. I mean, you're really blessed. That incredible lady, and I'm married up. Well, everybody's taller than me, but, but I'm married up. And I want you to welcome my best friend in the whole wide world, my wife. Sharice, would you stand right now and let everybody... Man! How many of you know there are people here, really, uh, that came in today with a little attitude? No, come on, man. I can see it. I saw you walking in with it. How many of you have ever seen the attitude walk? You know, it's like, what? 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 No, some of you came in, you have a little attitude. Some of you are looking at me right now and you're thinking, let's see what the old guy has got. What is he going to throw down today? Because there are some people, when they come to hear a speaker or a preacher, they come to hear what they're going to say wrong. And if you're waiting for me to say something wrong, your wait will be very, very short. 90% of the time, I say things wrong. I trip over right every once in a while. So if you're waiting for me to say something wrong, I will bless you. Trust me, it'll happen. But then there are those who are sitting here and you're waiting for me to say something right. Those who wait for somebody to say something wrong will get a whole lot of information today. But those of you who are waiting for me under the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost to say something right, today you will not receive information, but today you will receive Holy Ghost blood-washed transformation. Am I right? What do you want more? Info or transform? Trampo, trampo. Trying to. And so, so it's up to you. Whatever happens from this point on, it's not up to me. It's up to, it's up to you. You brought something into the room today, didn't you? As soon as you crawled out of bed, something came with you. We don't know what it is. We'll find out later. Because every one of us have this thing inside of us called an attitude. 
And what the Lord wants to do for you and me this morning is, is to work with our, what, our attitude about how we hear and how we listen. So I put together a few things called Lessons from a Jesus Freak. I am a Jesus Freak. Whose freak are your, you? Now watch this, watch this. How many of you here, can I come down here? How many of you here... <laughs> this is guy. I, I, how many of you here weren't alive even in 1970? You weren't alive. Get, raise your hands. Get them up. Get up. No, get them up high. Because some of you are going. I don't know. Well, we. You don't know. You don't know. Some of you are so confused. The reason I asked that is I met Jesus in 1970. Jesus is actually that old. Because some of you are going, no, he's young. He's, th- he's about 33. And I met, when I met Jesus in 1970, oh my, I had no idea all of these years, over 50 years of lessons. And some of the things I'm going to share with you will bother you. They're, well, I don't know if I agree with that. I'm not sure I agree with that. Well, I'll try to sleep through the night. Because what you think will keep me awake. Here's my first lesson. My first lesson. Oh, sorry. My first lesson. The Bible is not to back up what I say, but it's change who I am. Now, what I mean by that... Have you ever had somebody, people come up to you, I've had this happen, and throughout the years, and people are so spiritual, I mean, people are just, the wackos are usually the ones that are really spiritual, and, and they'll come up to me and say, can you back up that with the Bible? Can you back it up? What you just said, can you back it up? Oh my gosh. It's like... I don't, see, the Bible is not here to back up what we say. It's not a matter, I believe this, and let me make sure the Bible backs that up. The Bible is not our backup. The Bible is actually here because it's living and active. This is not just a bunch of words on paper. The Bible says of itself that this thing is living and active and has the power to change people's lives. It can take a heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh. It can take and bring hope to people like they ever had. This book is not just a book. It is a sword of the Spirit. It's able to change the course of destiny, but it's not here to back up what you think. It's here to contradict you. It's here to contradict me. It's here. Stop reading the Bible and let it read you. Let it read me. I'm going to quote this. I am going to quote a scripture so that some of you don't judge me. All right. Because I know he never even quoted a scripture. <sighs> oh, how small is your world? Okay. 
2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 15, I love this. It says, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. And I meet people all the time. I met the Lord since I was a baby. Jesus coming to my heart. Oh, just, just weird. I'm, I knew you as a baby, and Jesus was as far. Okay, so... And you've known it since infancy, and have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. Verse 16. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful to back up your theology. Just because you believe it doesn't make it real. It doesn't make it true. The Bible is this, listen, all scripture is breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the Bible, the first lesson I learned as I walked in the Lord is that the word of God, the Bible, when I read the scriptures, I needed to read me and begin to change me. It's not to back up my convictions. How many of you know that most of us don't believe the same thing anyway? I mean, come on, right? You, some of you, you're so fun. I love young minds because I could just mess with them. Because some of you are going, I knew what I believed until I came here. I have no idea what I mean now. You have to understand, it's, that it's, it's to change us. The Bible changes us. So the first lesson I've learned is just because somebody can quote scripture doesn't mean that what they are saying is true. You can make the Bible say whatever you want to say. You can justify it any way you want. But when you get the word of God inside of you and you love God's word so much that it begins to change your thinking, change your actions, that's when the Bible becomes everything that it's supposed to be. You ready for lesson number two? You're just going to love this. Watch this. Here's lesson number two. All right? And I'm clicking. I'm clicking. I'm sorry. I just went through an, no, I just went through an anger management course. And he threw me out because I was so angry. So anyway, altar calls don't alter my call. They alter me. Now, don't judge. Don't go, oh, he doesn't believe in altar calls. You don't know what I believe. See, I believe in altar calls. They're about 150 years old. What in the world did people do before altar calls? Uh, nothing. Nothing happened. We just stood around and went, let's go eat. Here's the thing about altar calls. I love altar calls. I've had a thousand altar calls. Probably might have one today. Don't know. But altar calls don't alter your call it alters you. It burns everything of you away so that your call is revealed. We need to understand that, that when we come, we come to, and I've seen people, and please, I'm not making fun, I'm not, uh, but people, the, the, the music's playing perfectly, and, uh, and you guys need to come down, get down here right now, right now, get down here. We're <laughs> and we're down here <laughs> and go home and nothing if we're back to the same how many of you understand what I'm talking about 
We cry and we cry and we cry. And what happened? I cried. And I met a beautiful girl. <sighs> she was amazing. Altar calls. Most of you, if I asked you, what has God called you? What, are, what is your calling? I don't know. You know why? Too much other stuff is in the way. The reason you can't, you don't know the call of God in your life is because there's so many other things clogging it. How many of you are like really busy? Some of you, I'm just busy. I got a lot going on. I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm just busy. Busy. But are you intentional? So when you come to the altar, here's what altar calls do. They burn everything of you away. They, 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 you come and you, you say, Father, burn everything away that's not me so that the call of God in my life becomes clear. The big one many times is the altar calls about you know, our sin in our lives. And I get it, man. And we come forward and you go, if you're involved with pornography, that's the big one for guys. Pornography. And all the guys, that's me, man. Yep, that's, that's me. Here's the issue. Get it, get it in your heart and understand. When you come to an altar to confess your sin, it's one thing to come to an altar and let Jesus empty you. But it's another thing to linger long enough for him to fill you. Because the enemy is looking for something empty, not full. And it's not about emptying ourselves. It's about being filled with something greater. Does that make sense at all? Have I confused you? Your pattern. There'll be a speaker tomorrow that will be here to take care of all of your questions. God's questions are more powerful than mine. How many of you have ever asked God a question? <laughs> uh, come on, be honest. How, how about this one? Here's the great question we ask God. Why me? Anybody ever do that? Why me? Why me? But we do it like this. Why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? How many of you know that many of the questions that you've asked God, you never got an answer to? We have to understand, it's not the questions that I ask God that changes my life. It's the questions that God asked me. It's, it's, if you want your life changed, quiet yourself down so you can hear his whisper. When I was a younger Christian, I would pray that, Jesus, speak to me. Just speak to me. Speak to me. Just speak, Lord, speak, speak to me. Please, please speak to me. Shandai, Shandai, Shandai. Speak to me, Shandai. Speak, speak, speak to me, Lord. Speak, speak. And it was like God said, if you would just shut up. If you would just shut up. I've been trying to speak to you for hours. You won't quiet down. Some of you are looking at me right now going, I didn't care from you, for you. From the beginning, I didn't really care for you, okay? The whisper of God always is tested 
in our ability to hear, not in our ability to ask. Hearing, to hear. Have any of you noticed there's distractions when it comes to hearing anymore? How many of you have ever talked to somebody and you're just trying to talk to them? <laughs> I'm just talking. And as you're talking, it's, can you hang on a second? I brought another friend. You're not the only one here. Distraction robs dignity. And you have to understand, man, that in my, in my life with Jesus over the 50 years, I've asked God, Lord, why? God, this. God, God, please answer. And I've noticed that my growth comes when I let God speak to me. In fact, in Job, it says, I will question you. Do you guys remember the questions that he asked Job? And as he's asking, Job's going, I got nothing. I got nothing to say here. Can I tell you something? What are the questions you've been avoiding that God so desperately want to ask you? My next one, I have 75 of these. They're amazing. <laughs> Two of the most excellent questions God have, has ever asked me. Over the years, these are the two questions that God asked me. Ready? Number one, why don't you trust me as I trust you? And why don't you accept me as I accept you? Can I tell you something, students? Here's, here's what you have to understand. God trusts you now like he will, like he will always trust you. He has total, complete trust in you. And we're like this, oh, no, 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 you wrong person. You really don't want to trust me. I'm not that trustworthy, right? But we have to understand that God trusts us. He does. Because God's not into our performance. We're into performing. What do you think, Lord? What do you think? Huh, impressed? Can I tell you something? Everything that we do outwardly is many times unimpressive. It's what's happening to us on the inside. The enemy, Satan, wants to increase your reputation, and God wants to increase your character. Reputation is what people see. Character is what God sees. He trusts you 100% right now. There's not a thing you can do that's going to break that. He trusts you 100%. And you know what? He accepts you 100%. He accepts you just the way you are right now. Oh, no, 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 no. I got to do a lot of stuff. No, that's you're talking about maybe your dad now. Maybe you're talking about your dad. Maybe you're talking about your mom. I don't know who you're talking about. But whoever you're trying to get acceptance from, good luck. They'll never give it to you anyway. But you are going to get full acceptance from the Lord. Full acceptance. Here's the issue. Does God, do I accept God at the same level he accepts me? Now, got some conditions, little conditions. So apparently, I'm closing. <laughs> it's not like they have to show me a clock. They bring on the entire marching band up on the stage. You are done, little man. <laughs> You're done. And President Hagen, I did not appreciate all your little tall comments today. 
I feel like I work in a chocolate factory. <laughs> you guys could stand there all day. I don't really care. All right, so. I close with this last comment. Worship is not just a slow song. Okay, here's how they knew. I told them, okay, Gary, how, how will the band know when to start playing? Okay, so here's how you know. Start playing. So, <laughs> worship is not just a slower song. It's recognition. It's the distance between the heart and the lips. Your lips are here, but your heart is far from me. When I worship and I lift my hands, it's not because there's something fearful making me surrender. I lift my hands because I'm saying, God, pick me up. Like a father would pick up his child. It has taken me years to understand that it's not a matter of just surrendering. It's a matter of trusting and accepting where I can allow the Father to pick me up and to hold me until every muscle is in total relaxed. Worship is not something you go in and out of. It's something you, you recognize something you understand. Lessons from a Jesus freak. Here's the last one. Ready? Don't blink. Because if you do, you'll be me. That's how fast. Would you stand? Just stand. I hear some people say, stand to your feet. I really don't know what else you would stand to. I don't, unless you're very talented. I don't know. I have, I have very little desire today to, to do anything but just say, Jesus, I love you, Lord. Fifty years, Father. Fifty years has been a long time. And Lord, your faithfulness, even in my times of being unfaithful, has been so amazing. Students, Jesus, this group, North Central University, a place that has a chunk of me. These students at this time, in this moment, Lord God, please, Jesus, do for them what they can't do for themselves. Do for this university one more time. Bring your Holy Ghost one more time to this university. One more time, Jesus. Let the blood of Jesus flow through every hall, every class. Let every one of these students sense the anointing and the power of the power of Jesus. Lord, let us be the warriors you've called us to be, not because of how loud we clap or how much we dance or how much we shout, but Lord, let it come from a place of absolute, complete obedience to your word. In Jesus' name, give the Lord a clap right now. Thank you. God bless you guys.
Woo!